Oh, hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. I am Mr. Warren Hayes. We're getting ready to talk about professional wrestling. Wherever you decide to listen to this podcast, whether it's on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes or your favorite podcast application, we're ready to go. I'm recording this on November 29, 2022. Thank you very much for being here. And look, let's get this out of the way. If you're listening to this on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes, know that this podcast is recorded at 7 p.m. Eastern every Tuesday night. So if you can ever make it to a live edition, come on in. It's a lot of fun. We've got a live chat going and everything. So that's always cool. So you can pop in. But if you're watching this on demand right now, which you probably are, consider subscribing to the Mr. Warren Hayes Show channel and leave a like on the video as well. All that stuff helps out. Plus, on, to on top of that, well, you will never miss anything that I do here on the channel, including my AEW Dynamite reviews, which I post every Thursday. It's the same thing, though, if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast app as well, because the audio is out there in podcast format. You, you won't miss out on a thing. You get the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. You get the AEW Dynamite review on your podcast stuff as well. You just need to subscribe, follow, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, so on and so forth. Leave a five-star review, by the way, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star rating on Spotify. Again, all little things that you can do to help out. It would be a great deal. And if you like talking about wrestling and you'd like to hang out with more like-minded people who enjoy pro wrestling, join the Mr. Warren Hayes Show Discord. The link is in the description and it is open arms. It's We're just ready. Doors are open to welcome you and have you be a part of this fantastic community that we're building. So uh, come on in. Uh, we'd love to have you. As for the podcast right now, well, you know, it's a bit of a slow few days. We're, you know, we're uh, still in the Thanksgiving afterglow. So a lot of people, you know, are, aren't are necessarily reporting things and no one is with their coworkers. No one's getting pissed off kind of thing. So uh, it's not so busy as usual, but we still have stuff to talk about. Uh, we're going to review uh, Survivor Series uh, War Games that was put on by WWE uh, this past Saturday. There's a lot of stuff that I talk about. I go deep into the matches. Uh, we're going to talk about the blood, the 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 um, the uh, bloodline angle. There you go. And we're also going to touch on Ronda Rousey. There's already talk about the women's uh, Royal Rumble. Who's going to win that? I have some thoughts on that. William Regal is in the news. There's still there's still plenty, plenty to chat about. Maybe it won't be the three hour marathon that I'm able to put on sometimes, but uh, it'll be a good one nonetheless. Thank you again for letting me into your ears and eye holes. <laughs> Hopefully your, your eyes are not holes. You know what I mean. Let's get to it. Hey, you know what? We're getting close to the end of the year. Which means that uh, we're getting very close to the end of me having to say 52 nice things about Bill Goldberg. Robin Hayes has 52 nice things to say about Goldberg. So the wonderful thing about Bill Goldberg is that he has inspired a, a generation of fighters everywhere from all creeds, all shapes and sizes, as we can tell, as we can see right now in this video. Oh, my gosh. 
The old Goldberg special is what he pulled there. <laughs> okay. And now it's time for the weekly wrestling inspection. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got uh, quite a show uh, tonight. Uh, 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 stuff to, a few things to go through. Uh, I think that un unquestionably, the biggest, the most significant uh, 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 news item that we have to uh, contend with this week uh, is the uh, is my review of Survivor Series War Games, which was put on by the company known as World Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, it happened. Uh, it happened uh, uh, this weekend, and um, you know <laughs> the. This is again. It's one of these litmus tests where I'm like, where I try, I try to find where, where, where I'm positioning myself, where I'm placed in regards to you know what people like in pro wrestling, legitimately, uh, and, and you know, and I'm trying not to, trying not to sound sarcastic about it because there's there there's stuff that there's stuff that happened on the show that I enjoy, but there's a lot of it that I'm like, look. It's it's the tropes, it's the tropey tropes, it's the things that it's the all the things that annoy me about WWE always seem to converge onto uh, onto their shows like this, you know. Uh, but it's one of these where I'm like, look, can we sit down? I look at this and I'm like, okay, can I sit down with anyone who watched this show and say, okay, well, we could sit down and watch other wrestling shows together, you know, we could sit down and have a nice little time together. Because I didn't think this show was great. I thought it was, you know, and I put out a poll here for the for the live audience here. Who gave it, uh, you know, 60% of the audience said gave it a thumbs in the middle. 40% thumbs, thumbs up. No one thumbed down the show. And I don't think it's a, I don't think it was a bad show. I really don't. I don't think it was a, a, a it was a bad show. I, I but, you know, I, middling, a little on the, uh, a little on the soft side. Because, like I said, everything, it, it's really strange to me. Everything that I end up not liking about WWE always seems to come to the forefront in very crucial circumstances. Um, you know, and, and and look, we've been talking about this since August, since Vince uh, was uh, pushed out of the company. When Triple H took over, everyone was very excited. Everyone was looking forward to, you know, a tr some tremendous changes. And while, you know, he did m make some moves and while, you know, he did a lot of window dressing, such as allowing commentary to say wrestling instead of sports entertainment or the referees having names or... Uh, you know, uh, referencing other promotions, which I think is, a, I want to, and don't get me wrong on the referencing other promotions thing. I don't want to, I don't want to necessarily gloss this over. I'll come back to my, to my original point here. Hey, King of the North, nice to see you and welcome. Evan, Evan, Evan. I, I, I think the, the, I'm, I'm appreciative of World Wrestling Entertainment breaking out of its silo, you know, 
understanding that there is a that there is a true universe and not just a WWE universe that 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 that, that, that it's a part of right and so I know a lot of people get really excited when they start dropping you know New Japan Pro Wrestling on on the uh, on programming you know and trust me this is calculated they do this on purpose so that people will have the reaction but you know i don't i have difficulty being of being really in bad faith about it because i think it's important that wwe addresses the world of wrestling at large that it addresses its history like it did you know talking about how all you know war games started 19 87 Jim Crockett promotions dusty you know, child uh, uh, from the uh, uh, part of, of, of Dusty Rhodes's brain child you know it's like like I understand like I'm appreciative of that but I also understand that this you know these things are bare minimum stuff that they should be doing regardless because the lore of pro wrestling goes far beyond what world wrestling entertainment does so it's it's bare minimum stuff so it's not something that i'm going to cheer and hurrah and say yes a new era is beginning i'm like look this is something they should be doing i'm glad they're doing it but they should have been doing it for years at this point because it's really weird to me when you get when you turn around when, you know when you're so insular you know you're doing your own thing and you never address the outside world and then all of a sudden you have the WWE Hall of Fame and then you have, you know, we're inducting Jushin Thunder Liger. And you never talk about Japanese wrestling or Liger on air ever. And he's, the, you know, well, he was supposed to be there, pandemic and whatnot. But you know they're going, you know they're going to, they have to put Inoki in the Hall of Fame, unless he is already. Is Inoki in the Hall of Fame? Probably is, right? Come to think of it. Is Antonio Inoki in the WWE Hall of Fame? Uh, yes, he was inducted. He was inducted in 2010. All right, so that's something. Okay. Moving on. I, I don't get mad at me because I'm not up to my WWE Hall of Fame lore. Okay. All right. Y'all can tell me what year Tory Wilson got got uh, inducted, and I don't care. <laughs> you know, demolition hasn't been inducted. So, anyway, what were we talking about? Yeah, so Triple H, so all of that. So all of it has been window dressing. I keep hammering this every time that we that, that I have the opportunity, but I think it's important. A lot of people got their hopes really, really high when Triple H took over. And what was one of the first things I told all you guys, gals and non-binary pals when I started, the, when, when, when this all started happening, don't expect WWE to start uh, 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 making huge changes when they are on the cusp of renegotiating their, their rights deals with Fox and USA. They're going to want to stick to the formula as much as possible, don't make any waves so that they don't lose any more ground than they already have they want to keep the ship steady let's get another 250 300 million whatever it'll be and we'll move on right 
Of course, the door was open for Triple H to stick it to AEW and really do something different. But it ends up it's all the same thing. You know, it 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 it, it, it it's all the same thing. I don't know when the great Kali was inducted. See, that's my <laughs> that's exactly my point. Um so 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 that so that's the thing, right? So this is where we're at, where where we're looking at um, where we're looking at uh, the um, where we're looking at uh, 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 a product right now, which I don't, which feels indiscernible. Was that is that the right word? That doesn't feel any different. How about that? Because I'm not quite sure indiscernible is the word I'm, I want here. Uh, a product that that doesn't feel any different than when Vince was booking it, and I'm I'm sorry to say, but that's where we're at. It's still pretty much the same stuff, and um, and I'm seeing a lot of patterns that were there, and it's not getting me excited, which is why I decided to become a casual viewer of Monday Night Raw and not you know sit down and watch it. So I am actually I. Uh, congratulations, WWE. I have become the audience, the target audience that you're looking for. But as I said, I want to tune in. I want to see the, uh, uh, I want to see the, uh, the you know, the Survivor Series. I want to see the PLEs. I want to see the big shows. That's important. And I feel that now moving forward, if I'm not watching the weekly shows, I should be able to sit down and be entertained by a wrestling show on the PLE, right? I should be able to watch a main pay-per-view, PLE, whatever they call it now, and be entertained without having to sit through, you know, five to six weeks of seven hours per week of programming. Does, does, that, does, that, make, does that make sense? Seems to me. Again, I had... I, I don't necessarily want to rehash the whole Triple H and, you know... All of that, all of that stuff, and you know, how you know, bringing everyone back. Like you know, you, you can look at the numbers for yourself. We're all back to normal levels. The Triple H phenomenon hasn't had any impact, and you know, they can't capitalize. They don't know how to capitalize on what they have. They don't know how to push stars. They don't know how to make stars anymore. You know, even the Bray Wyatt stuff has petered out. SmackDown is back to regular ratings, re- regular rating levels. I don't know what to, excuse me, I don't know what to tell you. And look, we're, you know, I'm going to get the war games talk out of the way, okay? No, it has not been, it's, 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 it's not the war games that I was acquainted to back in, back in the 90s. It's, it's not the same since they started doing it in, 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 in NXT a few years ago. It's, it's just not, okay? But, the way the war games matches were approached in NXT the first one second one they all felt critical and they all felt big time they felt important they felt like there were scores to settle it, everything felt urgent sure you know there was no you know there you know they, they didn't have the lid on the war game on the war games cage and you know, maybe, maybe, maybe people weren't spilling as much blood, you know, as you know, in other editions in the past. But, but 
th that's the thing that 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 is my problem with war games and which I was a little worried about having a main about having a main roster war games is uh is that it the match is meant to be brutal it's meant to be savage and harsh violent like the cage in and about itself is supposed to be a weapon right you know you go back and you think about the beginning the start of of war games 92 right the the dangerous alliance versus stings squadron you have steve austin and and barry windham who start off the match and what are they doing they're trying to launch the other dude into the cage head first but the but the but they're not worn down yet they're fresh so they're like no they're putting on the brakes they're holding on to the cage and like yeah you couldn't do it pal you know kind of thing because the cage is supposed to be a weapon it's supposed to be a part of what makes this match dangerous but in in both situations in regards to 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 Survivor Series this year, in, in both matches, what I meant, excuse me, the women's match, the guys' match, the cage exists for someone to jump off of it. That's all it's for. In an environment where all you can do, in an environment where all you can do is bring in plunder to make a match seem hardcore or violent because you're not because it's a pg setting and you can do the blood you know you can do you don't want blood and guts you want not blood and guts you want scrapes and bruises well the war games loses a bit of its luster and i would say that it is the same thing that happened with hell in a cell which has been overdone uh you had its own paper you had your own pay-per-view for it a couple of years ago, they had a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view where there were three different Cell matches on it. How does that make anything feel critical or important? Plus, on top of that, WWE sells the Hell in a Cell as you know a you know a, a, a an event that that shortens careers. You know, it's supposed to be a big blow-off to a to a feud, right? A huge exclamation mark to the to to mark the end of something dramatic of something that's been building simmering boiling over for a while now we get to the hell in a cell and hell in a cell is like oh we we've got two cell matches tonight so four people are going to have their careers shortened tonight four that's not uh looking forward here uh wwe like you know it takes a lot of the drama away and it's the same thing here because i was looking and 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 the other thing that 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 outside of the blood is the chaos that these matches are again you know i i know i understand look this is this is the 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 the, the line that i sometimes uh do the shuffle on <laughs> dance upon you know i want wrestling to progress i want wrestling to change i want it to get better i want it to always have a good fresh healthy roster of people that will you know put on the best for pro wrestling right but i i also think that in some circumstances we've lost the plot as to what makes wrestling so good because we've had 20 years of sports entertainment 
And on many, many fronts, Vince has won this, this war in the minds of wrestling fans where it's like, oh, well, you don't need blood in a hardcore match. It's like, well, you don't need it. But if you want to feel something, if you want this match to come across as being hardcore, oh, well, you know, maybe a, maybe a slight blade job will do the work, you know? Anyway, so this is the line I'm off. So I don't want to sit here and tell you, go back... You know, everything was better back in the territory days because it wasn't. But if you're going to bring back concepts, for instance, war games, there's certain elements. The way WWE approached the war games matches this weekend does not correlate to what makes a war games match fun or good or dangerous, whatever you want to call it, whatever, whatever adjective you want to use. That's not what it's, it, we were, we were, we, we skirted aside the chaos. It's something that I use a lot, but you guys know, I love the chaos in wrestling, but a, 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 a war games match has 10 people in it and there's stuff happening all around the ring and, ca- and yes, production is having trouble keeping up and there's there's may but but the audience isn't bored because there's mayhem all the time. There's guys pummeling each other on one end. There's another guy pulling a, a a suplex on the other. Like there's just shit happening all the time, and that's part of what makes a war games match a war games match. Uh, even outside the blood, outside of blade jobs, it's the chaos. It's the the commentary being out of breath. It's it's Jr. and Jesse Ventura going, Jesus, there's so much stuff going on. I can't follow the the action. There's just chaos everywhere, and there legitimately is. And that's what makes that's what makes this fun. What I saw here, by the way, DGMC, nice to see you, member of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show channel on YouTube.com/slash Mr. Warren Hayes. Welcome. Here's the, this is the this is the main ticket. This is the main thing here. This the, the war games are booked like the Royal Rumble. Okay, I like the Royal Rumble a lot more than not because I think as far as battle royal uh, scenarios matches go, it's one of the most entertaining because it has a formula and it works. You get the countdown, someone comes in, gets their shit in, then we move on to something else, then someone else comes in, they get their shit in, so on and so This is booked like a Royal Rumble. And I don't know if you noticed, because at some point, and in both the men and the women, where it's like at some point, someone comes in, and then everyone who was doing, who was in the midst of some action, either they're, you know, they're, pressing on the throat of someone in the corner with their foot or they're you know they're or they they're passed out you know whatever so then that other per the new person who gets into the ring can get their shit in well, this is not the royal rumble this should be like people should if the baby if a baby face is coming in the heels should be rushing the door to take him over right it's the chaos element that 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 is completely absent of it. The thing that makes the thing that makes it organic and 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 creates this sense of urgency and danger. But no, we're gonna oh 
uh, Bianca Belair comes in and she's going to do her thing. Well, no, she started. That's a bad example. But you know what I mean. Oscar comes in. Uh, Rhea Ripley comes in. And Rhea Ripley, quite frankly, was the only one who made me feel like I was watching a War Games match when she came in. Do you remember when she hit the when she hit the ring? I'm, I'm going. I'm getting ahead of myself here, but when she hit the ring, she started beating people up. She started grabbing ladies and just beating the shit out of them. Not you know trying to do tornado DDTs or you know flying uh, Orihara moonsaults. Well, you can't do that from inside a cage, but you know what I mean. She's not. She just starts walloping people, and I'm like, this is it. This is what you have to do. Like, it's as if Rhea Ripley's the only one who gets it. And look, anything, anything is better. Look, anything is better than the battle for brand supremacy, okay? Anything is better than that. Which, you know is a saving grace to a degree because if the bar is in the dirt and all you have to do is, you know, lift it up with the tip of your shoe, that's still not that big an effort. Because look, last year, if you remember, Survivor Series was a dismal show. And I don't think, <clears throat> I don't think it has anything to do with people being fatigued of the elimination style matches. I, I, I don't think so. I think that it was the fact that there were no stakes, that none of it made sense, and that they were booked like shit. Kurt Angle today was reminding us on his podcast that in 2017, the, uh, you know, the the Survivor Series match it was in was all about uh, getting Triple H over. In 2017. So it, I, I like some of my fondest memories as a kid is Survivor Series season when Hulk Hogan would get his Hulkamaniacs around to... Uh, into a team and uh and they'd face off against you know the heel du jour and 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 his uh and his uh 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 crew of 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 miscreants and then you'd have Lex Luger do the same thing and it, you know that was cool because you had all, all these characters and they all had feuds not brand supremacy which meant nothing it meant something to only one person for some reason, and, and it was significant for him, but didn't make sense for the majority of the audience. Who cared? So again, you know, the bar is, if the bar is so low, it's not easy, it's not hard to elevate it. So is War Games a better setup than Survivor Series? Yes, in the to the degree where over the past few years Survivor Series has been drawn uh, has been driven into the ground, but it has nothing to do with the match itself. It's the build, it's the story. There's no reason to care about brand supremacy. And I'd even argue that 
what were the what were the motivations what 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 was the thing here that made everyone so angry at each other that they wanted to get into war games against each other they want everyone wanted to put teams together to take out the other guys look the bloodline i think it's fine everyone in the company wants to take them out they need to take them down a peg who's going to do it blah 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 so Seamus and his boys and Kevin Owens and uh, Drew, right? Drew McIntyre, they're like, look, we all hate these guys too. Let's all get together and and use our hate to punch some teeth in. But as far as the women go, you know, Bianca and uh, Asuka and Alexa Bliss and the control, the control, damage control girl... Damage control is is nothing now. It's nothing. It's not even who cares. They've lost they have completely lost any luster that they had when they were put together at Survivor Series, excuse me, SummerSlam earlier this year, where even I got up out of my seat and like this fucking rules. But they're not even close to being a faction of heels that you can really get behind or be Oh, yeah, they're absolutely a threat. They're not a threat. They're not a threat. I don't know why anyone would take them seriously. Becky Lynch last night on Raw fought off all three. (laughs) I don't know. Point being, in regards to war games at this point, it is, I, I have trouble understanding why we need a war games in WWE. When it just ends up being your standard plunder match within a cage. And the cage, the, the cage isn't, does, it has no use in the match. To contain everyone, it doesn't matter. The door is open. They can walk in or out. They can get whatever shit they want from outside. It, like it doesn't matter. It just matters to allow Nikki Cross to fly off the top, you know. And Becky Lynch to do an Alabama jam. Anyway, we'll, we'll talk. But that's my point. It's like, why is why is the cage there? There's no reason for the cage. It, it it's not it's not even a, it's not it's not a device in the match in any way, shape, or form. Nothing that happened in that nothing of significance in either the women's or the men's match happened 100% because we needed a cage. Absolutely not. Let's talk about these matches now. Uh, First and foremost, opened up with the women's war games 10 women tag team match where Alexa Bliss, Asuka, Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, and Mia Yim defeated Damage Control, Nikki Cross, and Rhea Ripley. I thought this was pretty fun. We had Bianca Belair and Dakota Kai starting off. Dakota Kai's offense uh, from the first is a, off the get-go, I find is a little soft, but I she found her footing pretty quickly afterwards and became, in my opinion, the MVP of, uh, of, that, uh, of that match. Um, Io Shirai comes in. She does a great just a great hurricane rana um bianca belair hits a double suplex we get asuka and io shirai 
who have a singles exchange at some point. And even there, I'm like, why are they holding back? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, this, these are two women that could instantly, like, they could just snap into, you know, uh, Japanese Joshi uh, uh, murder mode. And they could just, like, wow the shit out of us for 30 seconds. What we got was fine. A taste, I guess. But something where I'm like, you know, that I was looking forward to. And I was like, okay. Belair Gorilla presses uh, Dakota Kai against the cage. Uh, Dakota Kai, who was not afraid to die on Saturday. We got to point that out. Uh, the heels then use kendo sticks on Bianca Belair and um, uh, and uh, and Nikki Cross goes to sit on the top of the cage just to watch the mayhem. And then she eventually cross bodies off the top and just wipes everyone out. Bailey arrives and she brings in ladders and tables and there's like it takes like 60 hours to get all the 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 junk in uh Mia Yim when she arrives is the same thing she she you know another you know six hours to get all the shit in um the cage is just full of plunder at this point uh <clears throat> big spear uh, 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 uh between uh, by Mia Yim who crosses both rings uh, to, to hit her spear, which was really cool. Rhea Ripley arrives, beats people up. I talked about it a little moment ago. She just beats people up. She doesn't come in, try. she doesn't try to be cute. She doesn't do any stare downs. She's not like, oh, ho, ho, I am in the ring with you here. No, she's, she's, she comes in and she starts fucking people up. Uh, this is what a War Games is. Rhea's the only one who gets it. Or Rhea's the only one that they let do it. Becky's the last one in. Uh, the the um, they tease <clears throat> excuse me they tease um, Bianca Belair uh, Becky Lynch and and Ronda uh, excuse me and Rhea Ripley no we're gonna get to her in a second Oscar missed Rhea Ripley should we call her should should we call her Asmuta I'm sorry. Io Shirai moonsaults off the cage. She also got covered up in a garbage can, which was a good uh, throwback to that uh, one war games where she's uh, where, where she spends a part of the match covered in a trash can. Uh, so that tradition continues. That made me laugh. Rhea splatters Mia Yim onto the ladder. The ladder just like falls apart. Um... Bicky Lynch and Bianca Belair hit their finishers, but hey, we're not pinning anyone. But you're hitting your finishers. Yeah, but. Yeah, but you just hit the manhandle slam and you just hit the KOD. Yeah, but no. So, you know, who cares? But the match comes to an end when Bicky Lynch hits an Alabama jam off the top rope through a table. Uh, spoiler alert, this was the best of the two War Games matches that we had on this evening. Dakota Kai bumped like hell. Made everyone look good. I think she was an MVP here. Solid match. I enjoyed it. Next, we got AJ Styles defeating Finn Balor. There was okay stuff early on by Balor here in this match as he works a great heat segment. Uh, AJ Styles fight, fights back and then Dominic gets involved and... So the Good Brothers and the Judgment Day, they start fighting each other and into the audience. So it's just like a one-on-one -on -one thing. But 
there is nothing, 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 nothing to Dominic Mysterio. And I'm sorry, there's nothing to this guy. I was half, you know, excuse me, I was watching Raw like a casual viewer should last night. And when he came out with Rhea Ripley for her match, he literally just stood there. He has no presence. He has no understanding of how to make himself come across as a star, look like a wrestler. He just comes out. He could have been any old security goon that that WWE hire for security goon purposes for the show and it would have done the same thing. No charisma, no presence. He's just standing there, blank-faced. And, and, and I know there's a lot of people who really like this unironically, excuse me, who like this ironically, but the irony is going to run out real, real quickly. Because right now, you know, they're, they're, they're really... They're really leaning into the fact that you know oh, everyone sees him as a as a wiener as a you know uh, as a sub uh, and one hundred percent right oh he can't you know he can't quite wrestle he can't quite do it he's so green all that stuff. they're really leaning into it and that and leaning into the fact that um, uh, uh, Rhea is 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 much better than him like uh, above him. In every way, shape, or form. At some point, that's going to wear thin. Anyway, the 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 good when the Good Brothers and Judgment Day started fighting each other, um, that was probably the most heat the entire match had, um, and not that it wasn't worked well. It was a solid match. I just think it never had a second gear. AJ does a, a, a moonsault into a slob drop. Finn does a, a great fireman's carry pop-up gut buster. That ruled. Balor fits out of, fights out of the calf crusher by ramming AJ's head on the mat, which I was looking at. I was like, yeah, people should do that all the time. What are we doing? Styles hits the phenomenal, phenomenal forearm for the win. I have... Yeah, a lot of people really like this match, and I thought it was... A very competent pro wrestling match. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't terrible, but it had no life to it. had no spark. Let's talk about stuff not having any life or any spark. Ronda Rousey retained her WWE SmackDown Women's Championship against Shotzi Blackheart. Uh, this stunk. This was bad. This was a this was a a, a, a a a terrible terrible match that should have never happened. And Ronda is terrible. She is terrible at everything. But this is something that I have been saying, and I'm not alone. This isn't a hot take. This isn't a, this isn't me like being like, oh, look at me on my bandwagon. Uh, not my bandwagon on my on my soul island right on my uh, on my deserted island screaming at the seagulls no 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 i'm not alone in this but it's it, it 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 bears being hammered home ronda rousey is terrible at pro wrestling she is bad in every shape imaginable at this point and especially positioned as a draw for the company if she was 
she was preliming with Natalia and Aaliyah, I wouldn't give a shit. But in this circumstance, when she's carrying arguably the second biggest women's title of the company, uh, no, this is not, this, is, this ain't it. This is wrong. And I have people saying, and yeah, absolutely poor Shotzi. This leads, look, because I've seen people going like, Shotzi, Shotzi's not good enough to carry her. It's not on Shotzi to carry her. How can you carry someone? Regardless, listen to this. How can you carry someone who outright goes when you're starting up to hit a move, that person outright goes, nope, we're not doing it. As the move is being executed, she completely bails. You know what I'm talking about? That DDT, the, 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 the jumping DDT on the apron that Shotzi does, which is part of her repertoire, which she has done before. I can't imagine that they were that they didn't go over this spot backstage. I can't imagine that producing this match backstage, this spot was not talked about. I am convinced that Shotzi and, and Rhonda agreed to do it. If Rhonda felt uncomfortable to do it, she just said, Shotzi, I don't want to take an apron bump on the head. Is that fine? And it's a move, here's the thing, this is what makes it even more egregious. This is a move that makes Shotzi look like a million bucks. This is one of her signature moves. It's one of the things that she does that makes her stand out. She goes to hit it and Rhonda just complete, she doesn't even follow through. She does nothing, she doesn't even come close to hitting the mat. No one ends up looking good. Everyone look, ends up looking like a fucking goof. And that, that sucks for Shotzi. Because Ronda decided to go, nope, I'm not doing it. As the move is fucking being executed. At the very least, it was called in the ring. At the very least. fucking sandbag if if Rhonda was the only person who ended up looking like a dork on this move I wouldn't have that much of an issue with it but she dragged down Shotzi with her you don't you don't do that to your opponents that fucking stinks and listen we have we have come we have to we have to come to grips with the fact that the Ronda Rousey 2021-2022, uh, it's been a bust. We have to come to grips with the fact that the 2021-2022 that the Ronda Rousey run has been a bust. It's been a bust in ring. It's been a bust creatively because she can't, she can't cut a promo to, 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 to hang her hat on. And she has no charisma, no attachment to the audience whatsoever. And business-wise, completely, completely irrelevant. Where have been the spikes in viewership that a Ronda Rousey should be carrying in? They're booking her like she's some kind of uh, Brock Lesnar. But at least Brock brings in people to watch. The ratings on SmackDown, her quarter hours are... 
there's nothing special. They're sustained. They're either unmedian or with the rest of the show or fairly frequently, they lose viewership when she's on. And in the meantime, they're running through the entire women's roster on SmackDown, just feeding her over and over and over again until there's no one left. And guess what? We've reached, we're, we're, we're reaching that, that mark where there's going to be no one left. They're warming up Raquel Gonzalez. They really like Raquel. The Triple H really like, really likes Raquel. And they're warming her up for her. So she's going to be, she's going to be the Royal Rumble opponent. That, 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 that's my official Warren Hayes prediction here. But we have to come to grips. We have to realize that Ronda Rousey has brought nothing to the table in this, uh, in this uh, 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 run of hers in WWE. If, if at the very least, if at the very least she was popping quarter hours, her merch was on everyone you could see in the arena, you'd be like, well, she stinks, but and you don't even have that. There's not, there's, there, there is no proper argument you can make right now that justifies continuing to have Ronda Rousey on television under contract with WWE. She is awful. She is a detriment to the company. She's a detriment to the women's division. She's running through women who are passionate about what they do, who are in multiple circumstances better than what she, than, than, than she is. And she's running through them. And then we're going to come. We're, once WrestleMania rolls along and she hits the bricks for a while, everyone's going to be like, oh, well, who's next? <laughs> Who are we going to warm up? <laughs> well, let's pick Lacey Evans. Let's go. This is the kind of damage that becomes irreparable. Or takes years to fix. It took them years to get. It took them years to get the stink off of Ronda's dominance of the women's division in her initial run once Becky won the title. Don't you all recall? Becky had to was stuck in a feud with Lacey Evans of all fucking people because there was no one around that was a credible threat anymore. You know, as much as I give Liv Morgan a hard time, Liv Morgan gets reactions from the audience. She is, she is uh, well-liked by the WWE universe. They can get behind her. Ronda? That's enough. It, it's enough. And then she can she can leave WWE and then go on you know whatever platform she wants after and then she can start talking about well you know UFC fans are bad but uh, you know wrestling fans are just as bad all right you know maybe at some point you're the problem if that's all people talk about if all they talk about is shit about you maybe it's not everyone else who's shit just saying. This was a bad, bad match. And then Shotzi, poor Shotzi, decided that she was going to dedicate this match to her dead father. 
who passed away a few months ago. And if I don't know why anyone with a brain, I don't know how anyone with a brain in this company didn't walk up to Shotzi and say, Shotzi, listen, you're gonna have you're you're gonna have a, a you're gonna have a, a, a five minute match, six minute match, whatever, with Ronda Rousey. You're gonna lose, and it's Ronda. Don't dedicate don't dedicate this one to your dad. You're you're not gonna win. Wait and dedicate it to a, a significant one because this ain't it. I don't know why. I don't know why they ran with this. I it, I just feel bad for Shotzi. Why would she dedicate this to her dad? And why didn't anyone in the company go? You know what? Maybe this shouldn't be the story of the match because you're losing, Shotzi. And then the kicker. I don't know if you guys. And gals and non-binary pals saw this. Turns out, it was a, uh, oh, it's uh, Jason Jordan and Brian Kendrick produced the match. I'm like, wait, what? Brian Kendrick? Brian Kendrick, who was fired a few months ago and then tried to get on AEW TV and then everything about his conspiracy theories and uh, Holocaust denials and so on and so forth started popping up. And it was like, no, AEW was like, nope, it turns out uh, you don't have to wrestle tonight uh, for us, pal. He shows back up and everyone's like, what the fuck is going on? And then it's reported. It's reported afterwards. And I don't remember if it was Meltzer or, or, or Fightful. I don't remember which one reported it. Uh, but it doesn't matter because the point is, is that this was put out there that it was Ronda Rousey that asked for Brian Kendrick to come in to produce her match, which he had to share production. Uh, 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 he had to share his production duties with Jason Jordan. And I'm, like, and I'm like, my fucking God, of course, of course, conspiracy nut, Sandy Hook denier, Ronda Rousey has, is looking out for her, for her, for her boy, her fellow conspiracy theorist. Yeah, sure, Brian Kendrick is the guy who trained her to get into wrestling. So, you know, but hey, you know what? You can see why she's looking out for him. Makes a lot of sense. And he comes in and he produces a shit match. A terrible match. Unquestionably, irredeemably bad. Now, you know what? Shotzi's flying crossbody over the guardrail onto Shayna Baszler and, and Ronda. That was cool. That's a, that's a redeeming quality of this match. It turns out Brian Kendrick isn't hired. He hasn't been. He's not back under employment with WWE. This I know. This was Dave Meltzer who reported it. He was just brought in for, for a thing. He was just brought in for uh, for a one shot to do this as a favor to Rhonda. As if, as if she, as if she's in any position to call any shots. Jesus Christ, the very definition of failing upwards. 
leaves WWE that one, you know, after after being, you know, essentially after boo-boo facing her way out of UFC, goes to WWE, ends up boo-boo facing her way through that because Becky Lynch, right? Boo-boo faces her way, goes into Hollywood. Everyone, no one wants to work with her. They try her out on shit and everyone's like, nah, we're good. So it comes back to WWE and just being just being a, a, a an open sore get her off my tv then we had the uh, WWE United States triple threat match where Austin Theory defeated Robert Lashley and Seth Rollins to become the new United States champion um, of course, this match starts off just like every WWE triple threat match, which super annoys me. Uh, one guy's on the floor, gets tossed to the floor, and he spends like, he, you know, he stays there for like two minutes, you know, flat on his back, and we don't see him at all for a full two minutes while two guys fight. And I, and I hate that. I, I, it, it's one of WWE's worst tropes. It's... it's it, What's the point of having the triple threat if you're not going to have, if, if everything just breaks down into two on two for the, no, everyone has to get their shit. And well, you just get creative then. I saw, I saw surprisingly fun multi-man matches a couple of weeks ago at full gear that were very creative. Everyone got their shit in and there were moments where there were just two guys in the ring, but it made sense. Not off the bat. Not you, One guy isn't instantly knocked loopy because he's tossed over the top rope in the first 10 seconds of the match. Jesus Christ. Seth Rollins hits a great Liger bomb in, uh, in this match. Uh, he goes for a Phoenix Splash as well, but, um, uh, but uh, Austin Theory dumps him to the floor. Theory then lifts uh, um, Bobby Lashley for his finisher. What does it call it? A, the A train down, a, a, a downtown A train, A down the train. Ch uh, downtown A town, a town downwards. Downtown A train town. Take the A train downtown. I don't remember what it's called. But he, he lifts Lashley up. Uh, Lashley uh, fights out. And then uh, Theory flips into a crucifix-like uh, pin which was pretty cool um then we get uh, uh we get uh, Rollins doing his superplex falconaro combo uh, uh he lifts up Austin Theory to do the falconaro but no Lashley spears him which allows Austin Theory to roll him up for the win this was probably the best match of the night i think this was the most well put together uh, more interesting, despite you know the annoyances I had. I you know I'm, I'm not gonna sit here and 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 scream you know five star classic go out of your way to see it, but uh, it was pretty good. More than fun, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was well worked. And you know this is look this is the part of uh, this is what I keep saying that I like I don't understand. I don't understand why like I don't know how anyone still now today in you know at the end of november in 2022 can still say 
the Triple H era is so different and is so fresh. And it's, yeah. the, the, you know, Austin Theory dropping, you know, being unable to capitalize two weeks ago. Was it already two weeks ago, three weeks ago? And his money in the bank cash in on a guy who was already exhausted and played out wins the U.S. title back two weeks later after doing that. Like, it doesn't make sense. Just because he decided to stop bringing a cell phone to the ring and now he's he's angry. It's it's a... Look, I know a lot of people are saying, you know, Austin Theory is the future you're going to see. He's going to be the next John Cena. And I'm like, well, they are trying to do like a version, a different version of the ruthless aggression stuff, right? Where it's like he's coming in and he's like... Mm. Now he's all mad and serious and he's taking it seriously. But I think the damage has been done when it comes to Austin Theory. He's It's going to take a while to rehabilitate him. And in the meantime, I feel like wrestling fans, WWE fans, are going to feel like he's being shoved down our throats, which was something that Vince was doing. Um, I honestly think the best thing that, that could have they could have done with the guy is just take him off TV. Take him off TV for a while. A few months easily maybe keep him keep him uh keep him um away until uh, wrestlemania but after wrestlemania then he comes back then you begin the rehabilitation now it just feels like we have a plan for this kid and we're going to force feed to him which makes sense when you say he's going to be the next john cena right because that's exactly what they did with cena cena's our guy we're going to push him they tried to do it with roman roman only got over when they finally decided to turn him heel uh, I, I I don't see how this recipe is going to work with Austin Theory. I think it's it's going to be more of the same. The, ki the kid might have this unforeseen talent to be a, a top-level guy, a, a, a superstar in WWE, which he could. Because, honestly, listen, all you need to be a top guy or gal in WWE is management behind you. It doesn't matter what your in-ring is like, what you're, how you're capable to, how capable you are on a promo or not. If you're going to make it, if you're going to be a top star, be a champion, you just have to, you just have to, you just have to have management behind you. Get, get them, get them feeling confident about what you do. And they'll push you. If they, if they, if you get the machine behind you, you will be the star. WWE can make whatever star Whatever star they want. Look look at what they're doing with Ronda. They're, they're convincing us that Ronda is the baddest woman on the planet. They're trying their damnedest. And they're still going down that route. A Another, any other era of pro wrestling, the booker would, st would step back and be like, look, you're not getting any heat right now. We're going to take you off the cards for a bit. Or we're, we're going to demote you. We're going to put, you're, you're going to do a, you're, you're going to work the prelim acts. Because you're not working. You're not worth it. This isn't working out. It's not as if Austin, what is going to be different with this Austin Theory US title run? What's going to be different this time around? Is he, is he going to, is this going to be the one where he suddenly turns into the greatest heel of all time? Again, 
it might happen because he has he, his his stardom in WWE only requires management to get behind him. The rest is secondary. It's superfluous. It doesn't matter. It's whoever the company decides as the top guy is going to be the top guy. They told us for seven years it was Roman Reigns. But the audience started to believe it only about three years ago. But Vince was goddamn. He was good. He, Roman was the guy and you were going to like it. And you were going to like it. So they can, So whenever I see a guy like Theory, I'm like, sure. Anyone who's, who's going to be patting themselves on the back five, seven, ten years from now, when Austin Theory is multi-time WWE champion and tapping themselves on the back, I'll be the, like, no, there was nothing really to pat yourself on the back. He didn't have anything that made him come across as the next star. He was just the chosen one. He was the guy that they decided to strap the rocket to. And they got all in behind him. That's all. It's just as simple as that. So outside of the weird-ass booking and the, the similar trajectories that Triple H is still taking with, with, uh, uh, with booking right now, outside of that, I thought this was a very good match. I enjoyed it. And now, the main event. Where the Bloodline won their War Games match against Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, Butch Ridge Holland, and Sheamus. Um... So Jay and Butch start this off and they work they work each other's arms. And you know what? The, I really liked the opening salvos here. I think Jay is very good. Pete Dunne is, 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 will always be an excellent pro wrestler. So this was good. Then Ridge Holland comes in. He and Butch double team Jay. Sammy then comes in, takes, actually, okay. This is where community theater starts kicking in here. Because again, I'm a casual WWE viewer, folks. I don't, I don't know everything that's going on with all these stories, right? I'm a casual fan. So for some reason, well, I mean, I saw the vignettes and the, you know, the backstage stuff throughout the evening. Roman was uncertain in regards to Sammy's loyalty. So Jimmy was supposed to be the next guy out, but Roman held Jimmy back and was like, nah, 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 nah. We're gonna let uh, we're gonna let the ginger go. Okay. Drew then comes in and takes takes everyone out. And and and, and you know, and Drew's spot here. If you want to go back and watch the match, because I, you know, I there's nothing really to go back and watch, frankly. But if you ever did go back and watch the match, when Drew comes in, there's when you get like the, the essence of what I mean when I say this is booked like a Royal Rumble. As Drew comes in and he gets his shit in and, and everyone sort of waits around for their turn to get beat up by, by Drew, you know? Whereas the heels are healthy, they're up there. 
Drew is a guy who took Roman Reigns to his limit in August, came within a hair of winning the Undisputed Championship. Why the hell aren't, why the hell isn't everyone dogpiling Drew? Oh, because he's been demoted to fighting Karrion Cross, So he, he's not that big a threat anymore. Anyway, there's tables in and, and the plunder arrives. Kevin Owens runs in. He's got some chairs. He does some sentons. Look, any, a bunch of stuff happens. Okay. A bunch of lying around in the ring. You guys, just very much Royal Rumble style. Just all lying down on their side. Sammy does a monologue and Jey Uso accidentally super kicks him. Kevin Owens and Roman have a, they have a, a legitimately great exchange, right? KO lands a stunner and Sammy keeps the ref from counting the three. And then there's more community theater, lots of staring, lots of uh, lots of uh, uh, uncertainty. What's going to happen next? It drags on forever. Sammy hits a haluva kick. And he serves up Kevin Owens for a frog splash by Jay. All of this is long. It's taking forever. And I'm like, there are four other dudes on Kevin Owens' team. And three of them are involved uh, with this one guy. Where the fuck is Ridge Holland, who we barely saw in this match? Where is he? Where is Sheamus? Isn't Sheamus like this super intense, big-ass brawler? Where is he? Why, why is no one, why is a, four guys on a team of five, why are they completely out of it? Why can't they come get involved? Again, I haven't seen this chaos. I haven't seen like major brawling throughout the ring. I haven't seen people uh, bleed or get thrown against the cage. And I haven't seen any of that. To me, this is just a, a standard old wrestling match. I don't understand. And this fucking annoys me. Because we have to get, and Kristen can attest to this, because I told him my prediction is that the bloodline community theater bits are going to get are, are going to overtake the ending to the match and that's exactly what happened and it makes no sense it makes zero sense cuz that's exactly what happened there's literally four other dudes but Warren, what you don't, excuse me, <clears throat> Warren, you don't understand, this is storytelling, Sammy had to make sure that we understood where his loyalties are, let's go back to 1992 for a quick second, when Nikita Koloff was a part of Sting's squadron in that same war games that I referenced to earlier, and we were unsure of 
Koloff's loyalties to Sting because they had fought over championships and whatnot. They had a little feud going and we were unsure whether Koloff would do the right thing or not in this match. Well, when Koloff came in, not unlike what's happening here, when Koloff got into the ring, he stared down Sting because Sting was unsure about what he'd do. But then what did he do? He saved Sting from an attack by Arn Anderson, took him out. He and Sting high-fived, hug, and we were good to go for the rest of the match. It took 15 to 20 seconds to get that bit out of the way. And guess what? The audience popped. They were on their feet. They were like, fuck yeah. Koloff and Sting on the same page. The Sting the Stinger squad are, are unstoppable at this point. This what would not end it's as if the it's not because it's long and you're exchanging looks and close-ups of people looking going like this that it's more dramatic it is still wrestling and this destroyed the pace of the finish and on top of, and here's something else I don't understand. Here's another thing I don't understand. I thought Sami Zayn was a part of the bloodline. Because I do recall not that long ago a certain thing with t-shirts where everyone thought, oh, finally Roman is turning on Sami. He's kicking him out of the bloodline, but no, he tore off the one t-shirt to give him a, another t-shirt. To signify that he was in the bloodline and they all hugged and it was a great moment. And I myself thought, this is well done. Wasn't he, wasn't he in the bloodline? Now everyone is acting like, oh, now he's in the bloodline. But I thought he already was. And I thought he already was one time previous to that when they made him an honorary. There's a nope, nope. Now he has to be an official. Okay. Now what is he? Double official, now he's official times infinity? Is this how it works? Is, I don't understand what the story is at all. I understand that. I understand that that Kevin Owens said a, a, a seed of doubt. But I, I, I thought Sammy was already in the bloodline. Now is it because, oh, he's family now? Who, what, what are these layers? That they keep adding on to the Sami Zayn story. I don't know if you guys realize. I don't know if you realize. But we've been treading the same Sami Zayn story. For the past four to five months. It's been the same thing. He's hanging around the bloodline. Oh we're going to make him an honorary use. But he's not quite there yet. Oh but now we make him an, now we make him an official, but, oh, there's still tensions. Jay doesn't like him. Is he a Uso or is he not? Is he in the bloodline? Is he not? And now we're, now, oh, now he is again. We've been, there. this is not story development. We're right in the exact same spot. We're just treading the same story, just giving it other words, uh, but it's the same thing. It's been the same thing. Sammy wants to hang around the bloodline. Roman likes to have him around. Jay doesn't trust him. Oh, now, well, now he's got a t-shirt. Nothing's changed. 
I don't understand. I understand that in these arcs, if you want to call it such, these little situations that Sammy gets thrown in, he is unbelievably good. Like Kevin Owens said in his promo last night on Raw, for the past 20 years, I've known that Sami Zayn is one of the greatest wrestlers out there. Anyone who's seen him work, and I mean properly work, knows this. Knows this. So this is no surprise to anyone. You give Sammy a, a moment to shine and he'll jump right in and he'll do, he, he's, he's been doing spectacular stuff. He's always been great. This is the redeeming thing out of all of this. But I can't in good faith sit here and say, yes, the bloodline story is the greatest thing in pro wrestling today because it's treading the same thing over and over again. There is no real advancement. They always seem to be creating these new layers that Sammy has to prove himself every time. So it's the same story we're telling. Jay doesn't trust him. Now Jay trusts him. So now listen, at least now I am uh, uh, I'm secure in, in, in knowing and helping. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that probably from this point moving forward, we're going to get a new and a legit story bump to this entire bloodline thing that it won't just revolve ar around Jay and Sammy don't get along anymore oh now Silo Sokoa you know he doesn't want to get you know he's he's a tough nut to crack it's this don't y'all see that it's always the same thing it's the same story they're just shifting it to someone else why I say when I talk when, when I do my dynamite reviews by the way every Thursday subscribe to the channel you won't miss them subscribe to your to the podcast feed that you're listening to right now I talk about storytelling for grown-ups when I talk about AEW stories the, the company that I keep be, people keep telling me there are no stories there's there's plenty of them and they're good and they advance you're not fed the same thing over and over again and say, hey, look at this. This is a steak. Hey, look, this is steak. Wait, I had steak. I had steak for lunch. Yeah, but uh, here it's uh, covered in barbecue sauce. Oh, but it's still steak. The end, the, the ending completely took me out of it completely took me out of it I was like of course for some reason four professional wrestlers suddenly disappear from the entirety of a match so that three other wrestlers can congregate around one guy right that all makes sense right and they're all in a cage right It, that, it doesn't work for me. I don't understand. 
It doesn't make sense. It it ruins why I watch wrestling in the first place. Which is to get, bring me to the finish. Bring me to the finish. And again, look. I can understand why some people get get uh, get excited about it. And I also, I completely understand why this is the biggest deal in WWE right now. I really do. I get it. Don't worry. But just because I get it doesn't mean I like it. It's not for me. Kudos if it's for you. But to me, that's not what wrestling is. That ain't pro wrestling. Some, we're still very much in the throes of sports entertainment, despite the fact that the wrestlers can call themselves wrestlers now, despite the fact that the wrestlers can say that they wrestle, that they do wrestling, despite all the things that Papa H lets them say. It's still sports entertainment. Interesting tidbit that came out of the PLE is uh, uh, apparently Roman Reigns got really heated uh, after after the match. He was uh, upset. I'm going to read the report coming to us. Uh, well, I'm going to read the article from uh, uh, the Figure Four Online Observer. Um, Roman Reigns was reportedly not happy following the Survivor Series main event. According to a report from Fightful Select, Reigns was said to be visibly upset backstage regarding what he perceived as an quote-unquote unplanned spot that involved him and Kevin Owens. Reigns was overheard saying that he may have ruptured an eardrum and it was clear to those who witnessed the scene that he was not happy with what happened. Reigns did not take part in the post-press conference as he was originally scheduled to. Talent spoken with by Fightful indicated that they did not believe that there would be any extended heat from what happened and that Reigns' reaction was likely due to the heat of the moment. To the moment? Due to the heat of the moment. J.K. Schwal and Mr. Fretz, good to see you, both of you, and welcome to the Mr. Warren Hayes Show and you are both also members of the Mr. Warren Hayes Show channel, so I appreciate both of you as well. Um, you know, everyone you know went over the poured over the match once this report came out, and you know all the all the sleuths on Twitter seem to have pinpoint pin, pinpointed the idea when Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns had uh, had an exchange. Uh, they um, Kevin slapped Kevin Owens slapped. Roman's across the face quite hard. And Roman did have a substantial bruise on his cheek after the match. Roman just receded him back. He's just like, bonk. He he just drilled Kevin with one, which is absolutely fine, right? It's wrestling, right? And I was like, oh, it was an unplanned spot. He wasn't, he went into business, but for... Roman Reigns went backstage and was like, he went into business for himself. I'm out here trying to grow a business. And here I am, you know, working with children. Can Kevin Owens manage a target? I bet Kevin Owens owns a, I bet he owns a bank account with his mother. That's what, I'm exaggerating, of course. You know, the least Roman Reigns could have done 
getting angry at a spot in the match afterwards, the least he could have done is put over a local bakery. You know. <laughs> I um I I I love this kind of stuff because I love this kind of stuff because I feel like WWE fans aren't used to it. They're not used to seeing this kind of stuff because everything is so everything is so when I tell you guys that everything is overproduced in in WWE, this is a very good example. Cuz if Kevin Owens, right? Kevin Owens a guy who has um Kevin no if if a guy like Kevin Owens Hits a guy who's come up on the indies, knows how to work a crowd. Uh, if he gets into a ring and he feels like the audience is a uh, the the energy is a little down, he he's gonna do what needs to be done to get the audience back into it. Not unlike a certain faction of three in a Chicago arena last Wednesday night. So if he slaps, uh, if he slaps Roman and. That was not something we discussed. Well, Roman Christ, suck it up. And 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 do it. You're the fucking world champion. You're fine. You're the most over guy in the company. You're the most you're the most pushed guy in the company for the past 2 years. Uh you're okay. You've been Vince's favorite for the 7 years previous to that. You're fine. You can take a slap that came a little out of nowhere. Now, he could just be, again, could be just like, you know, you adrenaline, frustrations, so on and so forth. You know, heat of the moment kind of thing. I completely buy into it. You know, this is the kind of report that leaks and I'm like, well, how, how significant is it? It doesn't sound significant. So what? You know, so what? Again, like this isn't something that people have to choose sides on. But I can absolutely understand Kevin Owens going, you know what? I'm going off script here. And if the fact that he, but this is what I I would love to know, is, is, is the fact that he went off script the problem, right? Because if he, if he went off script, uh, uh, if he went off script and that's ultimately, you didn't stick to the plan, oh, then, then it stops being pro wrestling. Then it's, then it is, you know, Everything, if everything is, is is drawn out to the letter like that, there is no room for improvement. No wonder when, you know, you're on NXT, you're watching NXT or level up and someone blows a spot and the other person doesn't know how to improvise because that spot was blown because everything is so laid out. And if you blow one spot, well, it blows the next spot. How do we transition back into the, 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 uh, uh, the rest of the match? Like, that's a problem. That's a problem. And that's not how wrestling should be. It really isn't. You should be able to. It's necessary to be able to react off the moment. To get something that'll that'll generate a little heat. Because you know what? I don't know who needs to hear this. But you know the crowd wasn't all that into it. The crowd wasn't all that into the... To the war games match. So again, seasoned wrestler, veteran, man of the indies, 
man of the world. Kevin Owens is like, I'll slap a Roman across the face. That'll get, that'll get people into it. It did. <laughs> and then it led to an exchange between the two that I thought rocked. I'm going to tell you, look, I, I was also reading, like, I, I'm thankful, I'm thankful that, um, I'm thankful that the report says that, you know, there's not going to be any sustained heat in regards to this. So, you know, I, I, so I think that a lot of the situation has been overblown. I mostly wanted to make a little fun of it, get some jokes off because I think it's funny. Um, but, uh, you know, I also read that, you know the, the the projection for the Royal Rumble main event. Well, not the main event, but the but Roman would defend his title at Royal Rumble against Kevin Owens. Uh, that to me, uh, that I'm like, okay, well, hopefully, hopefully that sticks. Hopefully that's um, hopefully that sticks, and we're not going to we're not going to move on to uh, to someone else because Kevin has to be punished. Or some, you know, some utter bullshit to that effect. And one more, one more quick detail about uh, WWE here. Um, now that I, I've seen that, there's a lot of suddenly a lot of speculation going around. It's like who's going to win the women's Royal Rumble, right? Um, I, you know, because there's a lot of that. You know, that's it. We're go, we're moving into that territory. We're moving into Royal Rumble. Uh, territory um, and um, uh, you know I think you know and 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 you know I, I'm gonna throw this out here because I think you know I, I I feel like I need to speak this into the universe because I think it you know I want this on record just in case just in case I, I get to take a victory lap which I'd love to do but I believe that the Royal Rumble is going to be won by Becky Lynch this year. And I think she is going to move on to uh, challenge Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. As much as it pains me to say, I don't think Ronda is going to be dropping the title between now and WrestleMania because in the lizard brains of the people running that company, Ronda Rousey still has some name value, which she absolutely does not. She's, she's done nothing. Well, we talked about it. Don't have to go over it again, Warren. Um, but I think Becky will absolutely win the Royal Rumble and will challenge. The, the outcome being that at WrestleMania, Becky and Ronda, the match that everyone kind of wanted and was expecting and was hoping to get, couple of years ago when she and her started feuding online and then it sort of spilled it sort of spilled into the uh into the meta on the show and you know Rhonda started getting all boo-boo faced and uh I think that's what they're going to go for because right now barring a Sasha Banks return The SmackDown women's division is pretty bleak. So I would absolutely see Becky going, you know what, Ronda? You talk a big game. 
Remember a few years ago, you talked a big game on me. It's time Now it's time to put up or shut up. I think it's too late as far as a big draw matches. Think, uh, I, think, uh, I, I think years ago would have been the moment to do it. I think now, since Ronda's luster is so bleak at this point, it's not even a quarter of the big match that it should be. But WWE still sees it as the big match. And you know what? Probably Becky wants it. And if Becky wants it, she should get it. Just like if Becky doesn't want it, she shouldn't have to put up with it either. But something tells me that I could definitely see Becky Lynch lobbying hard to get the match for WrestleMania. And a lot of people are saying... Oh no, 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 no. It's going to be Becky Lynch. Uh, it's going to be Becky Lynch and Bianca again. As much as they had great, great chemistry and I enjoyed their matches, I don't think you run that again at WrestleMania this year because I think that you serve up Bianca Belair to one Rhea Ripley. Make no bones about it. Rhea Ripley is on the verge of a mega push. And for real this time. Not like the one she had a couple of years ago where she was all smiles coming into the 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 the, 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 Buc- the Buccaneers in Tampa Bay, their, their their stadium, forget what it's called, all wide-eyed and going, Wow, I'm so happy to be here. When we had just known her as a tough lady, as a brute, a badass. Now she's the brute and the badass that we that she was supposed to be. Server up to Bianca. They've teased it. They've absolutely been teasing it. It's. I think this is what you do. You do Bianca and 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 Rhea at uh, on night one, whatever, whichever night on one of the two nights, and you do uh, and you do uh, 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 Becky and uh, Ronda on the other night, and one match is going to be clearly superior to the other. And one match will be entirely carried by the unnatural uh, charisma of Becky Lynch. So, and look, even if Becky doesn't, look, because there's still the Elimination Chamber, right? So you can still win a spot there. So even if she doesn't win the Royal Rumble, which I think she will, she can can win the, the, the Elimination Chamber. The point being... That the, the destination is, I'm convinced, is Ronda versus Becky. And a lot of people are booking with their with their hearts. And they're going, no, let it be Ronda versus Bailey. And it's, it's not going to be Ronda versus Bailey. This is the other thing that, that we have to keep in mind. WrestleMania is no longer a, 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 an event that showcases wrestling. It's about spectacle and it's about bringing in the, the the biggest amount of spectacle you can to amaze and enthrall, right? So again, in the lizard brains of WWE management right now, Ronda Rousey still has name value, so they're going to put her on the card against their biggest female star, still one of the most recognizable faces of the company, and she's still up there with Roman, I think that's what they go for. I think the opposite, 
you know, because I've seen all, a lot of people booking with their hearts when it comes to WrestleMania, but that's that's not how WrestleMania goes. WrestleMania now, this is what we have to understand. It's a it's a it's a spectacle. It's a show. It has very little to do with why you watch wrestling in general. It's more like it's a celebration. It's a and we bring in we bring in all the. We we bring in all the stars. We bring in the outsiders. We bring in all the attention onto us over two nights. That's what WrestleMania is. It's got to be Sasha, and uh, not Sasha. Excuse me. It's got to be Becky and um, it's got to be Becky and Ronda and Bianca and Rhea, which is a fantastic fresh. Well, not fresh because they've done it in NXT, but on this stage it'll be fresh. That's where I think they're going with the women's uh, titles going into WrestleMania. Because look, Becky comes back. She gets the win for her team. Not the WWE Raw champion. Raw women's champion, excuse me. Becky Lynch. So they're positioning Becky. And I'm sorry if you're not picking up your these clues in the booking. But this is what's happening. Rhea gets taken out by Mist. You know? Rhea... You know, is able to, you know, she gets the pin on Mia Yim last night. They are, she, Rhea is fighting dudes on main. Uh, this is what they're setting her up for. Her push is coming as well. She will probably have a great Royal Rumble performance. I think Becky's going to be the winner. And then Rhea will probably win Elimination Chamber. And that's how things are going to settle. And we're going to get a few months of Becky Lynch tearing into Ronda Rousey on Twitter, which I am absolutely here for. And then Ronda doing her best to respond back, but sounding instead like a complete dope. There's been a lot of, there's been some talk about William Regal and his contract with uh, with All Elite Professional Wrestling. I don't know if you've been uh, following this story or not, but here's the long and short of it. Uh, it, 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 all, it all started last week on Dynamite when William Regal was, quote, was chased off of Dynamite by John Moxley. If you recall the angle, Moxley hits the ring after being cheated out of... Uh, uh, after being cheated, in, uh, after William Regal turned on him, there you go, at full gear, and uh, was ready to beat him up, and Brian Danielson didn't leave him, and John Moxley basically told William Regal in the ring, run, run as fast as you can, don't ever, ever come back. Which immediately opened a lot of speculation as to whether or not, well, hey, he's leaving the company. He's going back to Orlando, which is possible. Because he and he and uh, Triple H are tight, they get along very well with each other. Don't forget that uh, William Regal was a was a Vince firing. So this all started some speculation with Dave Meltzer saying, "Look, he's got a year on his contract, and it's hasn't quite been a year yet." But we're getting close to it. And he's like, well, you know, the contract is up in a year. 
Then Meltzer posts a retraction. He says a correction from last night's show because he was talking about this on West Wrestling Observer Radio. A correction from last night's show regarding Regal's deal based on what he said when he signed his deal last spring was for three years. So, a bit of a correction. William Regal's contract wouldn't be up until 2025 based on this information which makes it very unlikely that he would head back to uh that he would head back to WWE um just yet anyway unless of course he is let out of his contract which is something Tony Khan has not done yet like he's never uh he's never uh, uh let anyone out of their contract um he hasn't let anyone out of their contract beforehand so that all happens and then uh, Dave Meltzer today on Wrestling Observer Radio went over these details once again and now he's he's con- he's he's going down this 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 correction and he's adding more details and also more confusion like only Dave Meltzer can do. Let me read this out for you. This is the transcription that I got off of WrestlePurist. William Regal, when he signed, this is Dave talking, William Regal, when he signed, which was only in April or May, said that he signed for three years. Now, something is going on, but I'm not sure of all the details. Actually, I've been told a lot of stuff, but most of it was off the record. But the basic gist of the situation is I don't know what he's doing as far as if he's going to WWE, if he's staying with AEW. But I do know that it is something that has been talked about. So either there's something in the contract because a three-year deal, Tony Khan has not let anyone out early so far. That doesn't mean that he never will, but I don't know what the situation is. But there were people who were talking about how there's stuff being talked about. God, I love Dave. Listen, listen to this sentence. This is this is peak Meltzer here. This is how I want to remember him. But there were people who were talking about how there's stuff being talked about. But I don't know exactly what it is. I don't know if he's staying. I don't know if he's going. The rumors have been out even before Wednesday's show. The thing on Wednesday's show was just an angle. But there had been talk of that from very very early on. So the fact that he said he was signed for three years. That doesn't mean I'm saying because some people are like, oh, that means he's for sure leaving and there's no story here. There's something going on. But there's no guarantee he's leaving. There's no guarantee he's staying. There's no guarantee he's not staying. (laughs) God, I love Dave. As far as how all of this works, as far as the contract situation with Tony and everything like that, I'm not aware of that. But I do know that there's, it's something that's in play. But he said his contract is three years, so in theory, that would tell you that he couldn't do anything until April 2025. 
So that's basically what I know. What can I say? Put it that way. Just, just brilliant stuff. That was just fantastic stuff. And the, so, so essentially, you know, what, what our boy here, what our boy Dave is saying here is that, uh, there's, there's, there's no, um, what Dave is saying is that we don't know what's going on, but there has been talk, right? And why wouldn't there be talk? Why wouldn't there be talk? For William Regal to go back to WWE and he's leveraging his options. Isn't this great? Folks, isn't this great that WWE, no, excuse me, that yes, that WWE is a, um, that WWE is capable right now of being in a position where, let me start over. That's not exactly what I wanted to say. Isn't it great that wrestlers have leverage is what I'm saying. There we go. I wanted, I wanted to take such a detour to get to the destination. I don't know why I just didn't keep it simple. But is I think it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant that we're in a position today that a guy like William Regal can be like, look, I'm I I have opportunities to go elsewhere. I can go work somewhere else and still make a decent paycheck. This is what this is what a lot of us had been preaching and saying at the top of our lungs when AEW started off. It's like competition is great, and then the first people who are going to benefit from this are the talent, the wrestlers, the on-air talent like like Regal. They are all going to benefit from having this situ this type of situation set up i think it's brilliant you can ask me warren what what do you think william regal should do it's a william regal should do what he feels is best for him and that's ultimately all that matters again there is no reason to make this into a tribalistic thing or into a you know uh, you know, overanalyze shit. Let Wi William Regal should do whatever he feels is best for him. It's just as simple as that. And if he lets his contract run out until 2025, and then in 2025 is like sayonara, I'm heading back to WWE. Good for him. If he's able to negotiate an early release with Tony Khan, and Tony Khan is cool with it, good for him. Every, every wrestler working the major leagues right now have an out. They have something to leverage their position with. Isn't that fantastic? And it's fantastic that, that a guy like in the like uh, uh, um, um, William Regal can benefit from it. He's not he's no spring chicken. He's not an active competitor and yet here we go. He's like, well, I have options and I've been talking to people, obviously. We've been we've been chatting. Because of course everyone talks. This is whenever I hear these reports like feelers have been sent out to so, uh, so, uh, have been in contact with. It's like everyone always talks.
everyone is always DMing. Everyone is in Facebook groups and 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 what chat and what at what what WhatsApp WhatsApp chat back what WhatsApps. Everyone always talks. That's like it. In and about itself, it's not like a talk could be like, hey, when are you free? Uh, when is your contract up? Uh, 2023. Okay, call you next year. Bye, bye. And that could be that could be the essence of what's being reported. And you can't say that it's not true. They did talk, but they did. You know, when we report, when I say we, as if I include myself, I'm no, I'm no journalist. I'm not a scoopster man. But when when the the news sites report that there have been talks, right? I don't know what, it comes across as more official because people have the impression that since it's being discussed in the news cycle, then that means that it is significant enough to be, but it doesn't have to be. You know what I mean? It could be very passing. It could be a very light conversation. Oh yeah, I chatted with uh, so-and-so. See how he likes it over there. Wrestling world isn't that big. Everyone knows each other in one way. There's just a couple of degrees of separation between most people. It's not that big. So my takeaway from this story that I think is interesting, I think it only got interesting because, because William Regal was effectively... Uh, written off TV last Wednesday off of AEW TV by saying, you know, hit the bricks. But I would not be at all surprised if this Wednesday on Dynamite, and I talked about this on the Dynamite Review last week, and you should subscribe to the channel if you don't want to miss out on that. Um, I talked about it last week that I wouldn't be surprised if MJF comes out this week as he's scheduled to do and says, you know what, John Moxley, you're throwing your weight around like you're someone special, but I'm the champ now, I make the rules, and William Regal is under my protection, and then William Regal comes out and do, 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 and everything is, you know, everything is hunky-dory kind of thing, you know? Wouldn't, be, it wouldn't surprise me a, 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 a single bit. Wouldn't surprise me a minute. Um, let's wrap it up tonight. Um, just on something I feel like we need to talk about, because I don't think it's going... I, I I think... I want to talk about Athena. The former Ember Moon. Um, I want to talk about how... I, I, I want to point out how great her heel turn has been. How spectacularly fantastic her heel turn has been. Off of the... Uh, the event a few weeks ago at the uh, Toronto show where she um, where she took on um, where she took on Jody Threat, Canadian stalwart independent wrestler Jody Threat, who is still a shock to me. No one has ever signed this woman to a contract. That's a whole other that's a whole other podcast. But uh, you know, Apparently, people got a little worried that Athena was going, oh, maybe going a little aggressive. Ooh, ooh, it's going a little hard, you know. Ooh, ooh, you don't want wrestlers to, you know, don't hurt each other, wrestlers. Ooh, ooh, you got to be careful.
whatever happened in that match, whether it was planned that she was going to, you know, be particularly aggressive or, you know, if she was throwing receipts, you know, at this point, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because, or if it was the Toronto crowd that was behind Jody Threat and Athena was like, well, look, I'm going to work heel like you should do. You see what I'm talking about? You see what I mean? I say wrestlers should be able, wrestlers need to be able to do this shit to get a crowd into a match. If Athena called the audible and was like, look, we're going to, I'm going to work heel in this match. And Joe's like, go for it. That was the right call. Anyway, from that point on, they've been working at an Athena heel turn. And I think it has been spectacular. It has been nothing but excellent. It is one of the best heel turns I have seen in a long, a long time. Athena has been getting into the ring and destroying opponents, being overly aggressive with them. And I love it. Again, I don't know if it's, I don't know which came first. I don't know if this was all planned, but I think it is doubly genius if they decided to take the Jody threat situation. Like, look, people think you're, you're, people think you're too hard, too harsh. Go for it. This is your, this is your story now. Athena's pissed off. She's not going to take it anymore. Go. And it's been outstanding. Her heel turn has been amazing. And what I want to point out as the closing topic of the Mr. Warren Hayes show tonight. What I want to point out here is how much good, how good this is, but how good Athena is at it too. She's completely leaning into it and she's looking fierce. It's breathing new life into what she's doing. And she's completely quelling the discussions that were saddled on to her for years at this point. Being that, you know, oh, well, you know, uh, you know, has a little trouble delivering in the ring. Well, she's not that great a promo. Uh, uh, um, uh, well, she, you know, she's, uh, you know, she's a, she's a little iffy. Uh, she's a little iffy overall, you know, kind of soft sometimes. Uh, you know, can't, it, it, can't hit the, you know, her character is, uh, is kind of strange. She has some weird creative ideas. She's a bit of an oddball. All of this stuff that had been following her, it all seems to be shedding away. This has to feel good for her at the same time because I'm not hearing this. And if anything, this started last summer when she started cutting promos for her match with Jade, you know, with Chris Statlander before, you know, all the injuries started happening. And she was cutting promos and I was like, man, why did anyone ever over, why did anyone, why did anyone decide to overproduce this woman? Look at her go. She's not reading from a script anymore. She feels natural. We're going to have, we, we have to consider this, that this is, we, we have to keep an eye on this. This is absolutely one of the most compelling uh, 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 heel personas that is, that, that, that is being created right now, right before our eyes. I don't care if it's on dark or, or, or elevation or not. It's bled onto the main shows. It doesn't matter. It's happening and it's working. And you know what? The AEW audience is paying attention because people are fucking into it. Even if it's just a gif. 
She's getting in there. She's slaughtering people. Pro wrestling. Not trying to be cute. Not trying to, you know, uh, go around trying to hit all sorts of moves. She's coming in, knocking the shit out of people. I absolutely, absolutely love it. It's endearing to me. I think she's excellent in what she's doing. <coughs> and like I said, excuse me, it's washing off stuff that she's been carrying unjustly. Because I would think overall her NXT tenure was overall a success. I think, you, I think you'd call it a good one, right? She didn't leave there. Uh, she didn't leave there unprepared. Uh, she left a mark despite the fact that, look, she went up in the midst of the Oscar run. So, you know, she, you know stuff happens, <laughs> you know, but she gets called up and her initial call up goes pretty well. Then my timeline's a little fuzzy, but I think she gets injured. And when she returns from injury, she never really recovers. Uh, you know, there's this story where Vince McMahon, where, you know, towards the end of her main roster, run before she got sent back to NXT uh she was uh you know very shy and you know talk you know and you know talking about Dungeons and Dragons and stuff because Vince saw her playing a Nintendo Switch backstage one day and was like okay pal your 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 gimmick now is a you're a you're an insecure geek and who gets over being an insecure geek in Vince McMahon's brain right who that doesn't work what does Vince know about anything except being insulting, right? Because he does, he won't he he couldn't understand how to get a geek over. Goes back to NXT and it's so so, and then goes to AEW. I, I'm telling you, she does she hasn't fe- felt this fresh in a long time, and I think she's digging it. And I think she can feel it. Clearly, they're setting up a match against Mercedes Martinez for the Ring of Honor women's title, which will probably be at final battle. And quite frankly, as much as I'm a Mercedes Martinez guy, I think you put it on Athena. I think Athena comes out of there, continues whooping people, because that's uh, it's kind of the Ring of Honor, kind of the Ring of Honor uh, uh, vibe that she's got going. Coming in, wrestling, kicking ass, leaving. I, I, it works for me and I think we're, we're going to look back at this and be like yeah you know what this was this was a turning point for her for her AEW run and you know maybe her career we'll see how things go but we will see the end of the weekly wrestling inspection now exactly the marathon that I usually do but like like I said there you know the, and admittedly okay like I said <laughs> there's you know not many not nothing really eventful happening in wrestling because I think you know it's still the Thanksgiving lull and so on and so forth admittedly uh I have been neglecting watching uh New Japan recently I haven't been keeping up I've been keeping up from afar but not really watching um uh best of super juniors 
excuse me, the uh, Super, Super Junior Tag League and, and World Tag League right now. Um, however, I've seen so many people raving about uh, the best of Super Juniors, which I figured would be very good in compared to World Tag League. And a lot of people are really excited about it. So I'm going to try and delve a little more into it. I'm going to catch up, hopefully have a little more to talk about in that regard next week. Uh, because apparently the Junior Tag Team Tournament is fantastic right now. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited to get back into it. But in the meantime, I want to thank you all for watching. If you haven't liked the video already, please go right ahead. If you haven't subscribed, please do. Come back on Thursday. I'm going to be, uh, come back on Thursday right here, youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes or your favorite podcast app. Uh, subscribe on it because uh, I'll have my uh, weekly uh, Dynamite review. That will be right here for you to enjoy. Like I said, you know, we're going to wrap it up now. And I hope you have a great rest of your week, everyone. It was a thrill to hang out with you. And we'll see you next time.